0: This message is brought to you by IOM America and the International Fellowship of Exchange Life. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I am your ministry host. We hope that the Lord blesses you today as you listen to our podcast. We want to welcome our online listeners this morning. We had some uh, testimonies. I didn't get a chance to get those in print for you folks, but we had uh, several testimonies come in from Liberia who have been uh, had their lives touched and, and transformed through a couple of our podcasts, so that's really exciting to get those emails or text messages, so continue to send those in if you would. This week's message is still under the Identity Matters series that we're doing, and it's called Disillusionment of Discipleship. And it is a topic that is difficult for a lot of uh, church members to hear, but hey, you know me, I've got to say it as, as God gives it to me. And our church is simply in trouble. It is suffering from a serious case of disillusionment of discipleship. Many people today consider discipleship spiritual abuse. Rarely are you hearing in the church today when they're actually referring to spiritual fathers or spiritual mothers or spiritual parents. It is is considered spiritual abuse today to say you actually listen to an authority figure. And one of the things that impressed me a great deal in hearing many of the stories by these two gentlemen is that that is one thing you don't question even in a in a a secular worldly gang setup you do not defy your leader but yet in the church for some reason we're able to do that we're able to live independently without having spiritual parents guide you and direct you and say don't touch that don't go there only go here moving people with willing hearts it's just rare and I know that there's groups, churches that are out there that do practice and live this, but they're very, very few. Most come and sit in a fancy little white building and they fill up these pews and they hear the pastor preach, they shake some hands, they might even serve a meal after church is done, and they send the people out on their way, and these people are left to fend for themselves. Now I just want to do a quick survey here. In our African offices, our outreach over there, this is a no-brainer for you folks, I understand that. But for here in America, it's not a no-brainer, so I have to do this survey. How many of you believe the part of the testimony that Joe Angel gave about walking into his bedroom and actually seeing demons? Okay, most of you. There is a switch in the spiritual world that God keeps under close watch. And that is for your human mind to be able to see the spirit world. It's not something we're supposed to see. But then there's times when God takes his hand off that switch And he allows a brother or sister to see a world that we make movies about. And by the way, where do you think those writers get these ideas to make these movies? From people who have had this experience where God takes his hand off that switch and allows the enemy to let that person see the spirit world. It's a horrible place. And they're all around us. And God, thank God that he preserves the the majority of us and keeps his hand on that switch. So you're not seeing the demonic world as you walk out of this building today. They're not in this building, I can assure you. But when you walk out that door, they're going to be there and they're constantly training each other on the weaknesses of our flesh they have been around watching you fall and fail since you were born they know your gig they know your thing they know your weaknesses and he is messing with the church in the most number one Priority of all of Christendom of the whole church as a whole and that is honor your leaders Timothy having Paul as a spiritual father Paul calling Timothy my true spiritual son you see if you don't have a daddy what do you have? The last verse in the Old Testament is. Someone tell me. Well, there will come a day. What? I don't care if God uses Facebook or pure spiritually inspired of bringing father and son together, or a combination of the two. God is interested in reestablishing fatherhood because if that verse was not lived out by the average church people are going to run around acting fatherless and people who run around acting fatherless cannot be told what to do they can't you can suggest things but you can't tell them what to do you can't save them from sin they got to go experience it. Learn the hard way and then come back. Whereas God's design is, is to have a spiritual father and a spiritual mother that you are constantly sharing with so that there can be preservation for your entire life and family. The authenticity of the true Christ is life discipleship is just flat out rare now the discipler sees the discipleship process not as an end in itself but as a means to get to the end that end is life producing life that will in turn produce more life that's what true discipleship is it's not just taking a bunch of information and downloading it Remember when Solomon said at the end of his famous writing project He said the writing of books is endless and the devotion to books is weariness to the body. Who do you think? What country do you think that is in the world that is considered the leaders of education? Russia? France? It's the United States of America. We are considered the most illiterate educated country in the entire world we throw books at people from from after you get saved to while you're getting saved to growing you in Christ we just throw books at people and what it does is it shifts the person from the Lord Jesus Christ to the author it's a sneaky thing to do and Satan does it well It doesn't mean that Christians should not write books about their story or write books to encourage people to preserve them like the Men in Warfare or other books that are leading men and women to the Word of God and to Jesus Christ. If it's not doing that, I think you need to put it back on the bookshelf. Thus, multiplication is the basis of the Great Commission. Becomes our goal within the church and ministries. that's ministries like we have, that serve the bride of Christ. See, the whole goal is that you leave here and you touch someone else's life. That's why I wanted Joe Angel to pray over us because he's got that. I mean, he comes in this morning, he's telling me more stories about Wichita. I'm like, we got to move this a little more north. And then a little more north. You see, it's just the first thing that should happen after you can say, he touched me. It's just the first thing that should happen. You don't need education. Education is a benefit. Does God use it? Of course he does. But you don't need it to open your mouth and preach the word of God. So this certainly is not going to happen in the local church without these three life points taking place. Number one, provide crisis life, biblical discipleship to church staff members and workers. I mean, those are the people that supposedly the church members are running to to get their lives straight. But what happens normally? They have to run outside the church and find some mentor who's willing to really show them how to grow. So part of our ministry is to really focus on the local church to say, you guys are messed up. You just don't, don't teach him just how to put the Jesus on the flannel graph and show him what he looks like in cartoon form. You need to show him how he lives through you and that's what the local church is falling down on they're teaching you how to follow Jesus not teaching how he lives through your mortal body he fills you up he literally possesses your mind he takes over your speech he takes over your gestures and he conquers through these frail bodies you have a bad week I say big deal we all have bad weeks we all have bad days It's getting back up and saying, I am moving forward. But the thing is, it's not the falling that he cares about. Because he doesn't care about you falling. He cares about you embracing his life while you're falling. He doesn't do this, name it, claim it, stab it, slab it, chase it with, with all this spiritual talk. Just so you can feel a little better. He wants you to embrace the very life of Christ within. And that's what makes you get up. What did God say to Jose? This is why his profound, simple testimony blows me away. Because it's the same things I hear from God over and over and over. Get up, Stephen. Get up. You see, I serve a God who is of the yes and when I fall he doesn't focus on here rebuke this demon his name's blah 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 just rebuke that demon you'll be fine okay no it's not the God I serve the God I serve says get up and walk they're not gonna touch you that was another part of that testimony that affected me and it gave bare witness to the fact that the demons couldn't touch him. But they were around. But the only thing that chased them out was the response to get up. Serve me. Give me your 100. Then they leave. It's not calling them out name by name and rebuking them and claiming all this stuff. It's just simply blocking that out, hearing God, and saying, yes, sir. Well, if you live in a society where you can't be told what to do, that's a problem. Number two, train and equip those workers in a strong Christ's life discipleship model. They've got to be shown how to do this. We've got to have some type of model to show them how this is done. It's just like I would send a a guy along with those guys and what they're doing in Wichita and Hutch and and not even think anything other than they would be safe and be given the exact type of training just in the observation. And that's how it's done. You want to train up your children? Bring them with you. Take them to your, your place of employment. Bring them up with what you are doing. Number three, establish a long-term ongoing Christ is life discipleship program with church members. I'd like to see that happen as the norm, but I'm afraid usually what you have to do is get a para ministry somewhere and send people to the para ministry from training and then have them come back to the church. It'd be nice to have a church all fired up about true Christs life discipleship. The reason why we're doing a church plant is because, we need to move in that direction where there is actually a local church that is equipping the people who attend with Christ doing it through you so this means that the work of the cross is not done with the world's population exploding and the lukewarm church emerging we have plenty of opportunities to equip true believers with the absolutes of God's word and to push for completing the reformation And there are many responsible indwelt Christians begging to have someone show them how to disciple and equip others to do the work of ministry. Passion gets old. Unless passion is mixed with training. It just gets old. So if you're trying to live off of your conversion excitement, if you're trying to, if we didn't take the time, DK and I go, these two guys, for example, are on our radar and we are lasering in. And we're going to train, 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 train. Because we know they're going to take it and they're going to go. It's what we're calling grab and go. They don't have to be convinced of grab and go. They already do it whether we say anything or not. We are constantly trying to catch up, and that's a good sign. Well, that will develop an attitude of multiplication in the church like you've never seen before. And if you have, it was earlier generations. Revival is going to sweep this land, but it's not going to be like during Jonathan Edwards' days of the Great Awakening. When thousands and thousands and thousands of people were falling on their face. When a whole nation was turning to Jesus Christ. I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe there's going to be a revival that is going to take place amongst a small group of Christians who had the indwelling Holy Spirit living inside them. And they're all going to catch on to the simple fact of why they're into wealth, and that's because Jesus Christ lives inside them. They're not doing the work for Jesus. They're not following Jesus. They are allowing Jesus Christ to live through them, and a revival is going to sweep amongst that group all over the world because it's got nothing to do with our own strength, nothing. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and the fact that we were crucified with Him. When Joe Angel was talking about Jato being dead, he's serious. He's dead. I got to tell you the story. They showed me on their cell phones these four guys. So the first two guys are showing me, and he says, You know, these guys, they're dead. And I'll tell you what I told them. I thought they killed them. I thought this is two guys they bumped off or something, you know. So I'm looking at the picture. And I'm, you know, one of them at a shotgun, you know, sawed out shotgun. You know, they're bad looking. And then, you know, he shows me these these other two guys. And I finally connect because DK is looking at me like, surely you're getting this. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at these... T- these other two guys, and they just look different, you know? And I'm like, These other two guys are you guys? He says, Yeah, they're dead. See, that is appropriation of the exchanged life. They're dead. This is the new guys who will be under temptation, but they're the new guys who were traveling with and. Literally, all of us have agreed to give our lives to each other until death parts us. We're going to watch each other's backsides the rest of our lives. What made that switch? For you guys to trust some white boys and the white boy is trusting you guys? Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can do something like that. True and honorable discipleship may be clearing away the collapse of elements that doesn't seem to produce workers of the gospel contained within our local churches discipling is the process of systematically constructing by God's grace and power a new organizational structure on the very campuses of our churches hopefully by way of the oldest design known to the church itself and that is Jesus Christ doing the work of service. If you make me or anyone else feel guilty for not doing a work of service then you're promoting the self-life, the the flesh. What has to be done is a, a revival has to occur in the soul where you're actually hearing Jesus again. You're hearing the voice of God. Then you're gonna wanna listen to church leadership or the leader of your household or whoever God has put in leadership. It's got to be a revival of the soul so that that, that that change can occur in the society. And that's what we're after. When this is realized, a new appearance, new strength, new usefulness, new vision, and certainly new proof of multiplicity, that means multiplying lives, will be found blooming in the local church. You guys are the local church. We don't need 501C3C4C5, whatever is starting to sound like bomb material, but we don't need any of that. We need the body of Christ agreeing together to work together and to watch out for each other, whether we're sitting under a tree or sitting in a pretty white building or sitting in a collapsed building. That's what we need. The body of Christ functioning like a family, the way we're supposed to be. Not constantly bringing each other down to prove that our leaders are just as messed up as we are. Well, I'll already give you the answer to that quiz. We are messed up. We're just as in the most vulnerable position, if not more than any other body member. We need to be watching out for each other. So this probably is, is how the completing of the Reformation that Martin Luther was used by God to start. This is probably what is going to be used in the final days and hours to complete the Reformation. Martin Luther put a heavy emphasis, those of you who are listening in countries that are predominantly Reformed churches, listen carefully. Martin Luther started the Reformation through justification, just as if I did not sin. Completing the Reformation, the emphasis on sanctification, and that is working out your salvation until you die. It doesn't just happen in justification. It has to be justification and sanctification gets equal ground and for some reason the reformers did not allow that it's all justification which puts the emphasis on doing, 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 doing until you wear out these Christians and they start to have mental breakdowns, physical problems in their body, whatever it just wears them down so the reformation has got to be viewed As both sides of the cross. Not that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I died on the cross with him. He's dead. You see, if you just put the emphasis on justification, what you'll be sharing when you're evangelizing is that Jesus died on the cross for you. Well, he did. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of God through me. You need both sides to the cross. And we've had the Reformation thrown at us, drilled in us. It has built seminaries and schools all over the entire world. Ten of the top denominations of Christianity are based in the Reformation and they do not understand sanctification. True discipleship covers both sides to the cross. Is that are you going to be good little goody two-shoe Christians again, and people will be looking at you like, oh yeah, you hypocrite. Well, if they don't understand sanctification, they have to call you a hypocrite. But if you understand sanctification, you realize everyone's weak. And you'll be able to want to reach out to them no matter what their status is, celebrity or, or a nobody, which is kind of where God prefers us. But that's the openness we would have with the gospel. So here's four significant points. I'll run through these very quickly. If you want to get a more detailed description of this, please go online to either one of our websites, go to the download page, and all these are posted. Disciples, number one, share comforters while Christ in them is the counselor. If I think I'm gonna be the counselor in your life, I'm acting as a fool. Counselor happens to be one of the anointed names of God and no man is ever to touch it. So if you give yourself a label that you're a counselor, if you go see a human counselor, and they're not giving the honor and glory to God, you better get out of that office. It's an anointed name of God. He's the only one that can be the counselor. He's the only one that can give good advice. So you better be seen a Christian who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who has the mind of Christ in them, so the counsel can come through them any other counselor is acting as a fool they're tampering with the names of god nobody better mess with them. but we do for some reason now you can get degrees and being a god i mean a counselor it's not right god wants to take brand new converted people and turn them into vessels to be To be open and willing for the comforter, counselor, to do the work through that person. Two, the Holy Spirit is the parakaleo, which is divine comforter. It's the same story I just told you about counselor. I have no ability to comfort you. And I can try. You might feel comfort when I'm nice and when I'm patting you on the back or you know encouraging you god alone shares with nobody being the divine comforter he must do it through the discipler three god desires then to use the disciple to strengthen free and secure his or her identity in christ as one who ministers to others with effectiveness i must disciple through my identity In fact most counselors do if it's not the identity of Christ I can assure you whoever you're going to for advice whatever their identity is that's what they're giving you and I've had some cheap stuff put on a plate in front of me by counselors or encouragers just cheap stuff it's like junk food and I'm like no I want my T-bone steak my my baked potato with lots of rich butter on it, a nice salad, put some mushrooms on top of that. I want the real deal. Don't feed me the junk food. And that's the difference between a counselor and a discipler who lets the counselor counsel through them. Four, Christ's life disciplers believe this should be the ultimate goal for Christ's life discipleship all their preaching, teaching, singing. That's why I'm very excited about about the Lord's new album through through DK is that it's about the exchange life, not I but Christ. As we speak about discipleship in the local church, we must stay focused on what true Christ's life discipleship really is. This inevitably comes with the mission of training those workers within our local churches community ministries and even those who are being ministered to in order to reproduce one's life Christ's life in the lives of others by way of being ministers of reconciliation which is a scripture we read at the beginning god did not call us to make each other feel better god did not call us to Secure relationships. God did not call us to get along. God did not call us to any of those things. He's called us to a ministry of reconciliation. Then you will get along. Then you will experience love. Then you will have the fruit of the Spirit. Number one goal. Ministry of reconciliation. If you're talking to someone and you can tell they're not reconciled with someone, stop. Focus on First, their reconciliation with Jesus Christ. Second, reconciling in human relationships. So if you're suffering from the disease of disillusionment of discipleship, well, it just might mean that you are attempting to do the work of service in and of your own training, strength, education, certification, arrogance. I might suggest joining the new Reformation or completing the Reformation. And this completed Reformation is saying, Dear Jesus, I release my control on you from discipling me in sanctification. I release it. Then you will experience sanctification with justification, and you will be experiencing both sides of the cross. We want to thank you for listening in on our podcast today. This message comes to you by way of a podcast feed from Heartland Family Fellowship, a family-integrated church which is an outreach of IOM America right here in Sterling, Kansas. For more information about our church or international ministry, log on to www. Dot iomamerica.org, And if you would like to connect to our fellowship, log on to www.heartlandfellowships.org It's our prayer that the mind of Christ in you draws you into a deeper walk with Him.